Okay, Boker Tov, we continue in the Sefer Das Hasviros. We're on page Shin Lamed Aleph. We began a discussion now in the 23rd essay yesterday of the letters of the Torah together with the crowns that are on top of the letters, some of the letters, together with the nekudos, the dots, the vowels that are under the letters, and the ta'amim, the musical notes that are there. So we were, yesterday we spent a long time discussing how the holy tongue is the source of all of creation, and it's the spiritual periodic table. And these aren't just letters that human beings made up, but these are the building blocks of creation. And Hashem used these letters in the Torah to create the realities that you see down here. So, when you see this item here, and it is called a shulchan for a table, it's it's not just because we call it a table. The essence of this is made up of the holy energies that come out from the letters Shin, Lamed, Ches, and Nun Sufis. And that's what makes this, and it defines what its reality is and what its purpose is in this world. And every moment, Hashem is sending the energies of the letters Shin, Lamed, Ches, Nun into this to make this table exist. To such an extent, before the Balatanya passed away, he was on his deathbed, and he told his Hasidim that he doesn't see anything in the room except for the letters. He looks at the ceiling, he sees the letters Gimel, Gimel, Gag. He doesn't even see the ceiling. Physical ceiling, just the letters. He's seeing the spiritual energy behind it. So, like, we've used the analogy often, there are these types of pictures that are part of something called the magic eye. That when you see a picture, it just looks like a random picture, but if you allow your eyes to cross, you see there's a picture inside the picture. It's, a, it's very true. If you've done it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't done it, you're wondering, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> it used to be in the paper. Used to be in the paper, whatever. So you have this thing, magic eye. You could probably even Google it and probably be on your computer. And that I so in a certain way, it's like the magic eye, where you've got if you'd be looking at a picture of a table, if you let your eyes cross, you'd see gimel gimel shulchan shin lamet ches nun. That is the reality, and therefore the whole realities were created in that way. That's the and therefore when things are written in the Torah. It's not just a random book. But a non-Jew wouldn't see those letters. A non-Jew doesn't understand any of this. Across his eyes? No, no. For a magic a eye, a magic a eye, they could. But that's just a muscle. It's just a. But they're not going, never going to see not, the letters. That's not it. Most Jews don't see letters, but we look at every letter of the Torah as something very significant. That is a building block of creation. And when we're reading the Torah, it's creating realities. That's why, for example, why is it that we read the Korbanos every morning? Because when we, because really that is, those letters of the command of the Korbanos is the root of that which we do the activity of slaughtering an animal. 
when the Torah writes to slaughter animals for various, a Korban Tamid. So we don't have a Korban Tamid. Okay, that's just the manifestation down here. But when the Torah, we go to the root of the Korban Tamid. So therefore, it's not just a, you know, it's not just a, uh, you know, just make person feel good. No, we don't have Korbanos. So if you read it, it's like you brought Korbanos. So don't feel so bad. That, that's not that at all. It's when the Kohanim would bring the Korbanos, that's just the physical manifestation of the will of Hashem. And the will of Hashem is in the Torah. And the fact that it's in the Torah gives the bringing of the Korbanos that Kedusha. But if you don't do it, but you've got all the thoughts that go into what those letters are all about, that is the source of the Korbanos. And that is the will of HaKadosh Baruch that's being expressed in that way and creates a reality that when a Korban is brought, it makes all kinds of creative things in the world. And when you read about it, you're just going to the source of all that. So that's why there's so much um, layers hidden in all the letters of the Torah. And therefore, we ended off yesterday when we discussed those four things that we said that there's a lot of parallels when we look at this. So just like when God created the world, so first he had the letters, but it wasn't just the letters. It was everything that those letters combined to create and all the, uh, the, the tagim, the crowns, the musical notes, the dots, all that is all part of the creative process well beyond most people's understanding. And therefore, uh, when, uh, when we explain that everything we see before us in the Sefer Torah, these letters, they represent four aspects of the human being. Yeah? When we see a regular Sefer Torah, there is no, other than the crown, there's nothing else. So who actually passed on the thing that... Ah, very good question. So, so uh, Romeo is asking, all we see in the Torah is the letters and the crowns. We don't see the trup, the cantillation notes, the tamim. We don't see the dots. That Hashem gave it to Moshe. He orally told to Moshe. And we'll explain again why Hashem did it that way. He didn't have to do it that way. There's a reason why he did it. So, when you so now imagine any letter in your mind. Imagine any letter in your mind. You could look at that chart, but that doesn't give us everything. But any letter. So the letter is analogous to the body. Makes sense. That's what you see. That's the body. Okay. Uh, then the crowns. The crowns is um, highlights it, so to speak, and 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 literally crowns it, makes it royal and majestic. So what is that? That is the lowest level of soul, which is the nefesh. The spirit, in other words, you got a body. Okay, the body's just a body. So it's, that's a letter. Okay, but now there's a crown. The crown elevates it to a status of royalty, so to speak. So what makes a Jew special, or any human being special for that matter, is we've got a nefesh, an animalistic soul, but more than that, but, and it makes your actions of your body spiritual. It crowns the body, so to speak. Then we have the uh, dots, the nakudos. That allows the letters to say something. The letter can't say anything. Sound. If you have an aleph without anything underneath, it makes no sound. 
if you have a base, until there's some kind of nikut, there is no sound. You don't find anywhere a letter in the Torah without some way of seeing what the sound is. Therefore, the letters bring to life the letter. The, the, the dots bring to life the letter, and therefore that corresponds to the ruach, the spirit, the ability to speak, emotion. Now put something to that. So that corresponds to that. And finally, the ta'amim, the trump, the way you, the melody and the punctuation at the same time, that corresponds to the neshama level, which already is the intellectual level, the totally spiritual level. Uh, that and, and as we go higher and higher, there's less physicality the higher you go. So the letter is a, it's a letter. It's a whole letter. That's a body. Very physical. Now we come to this itty-bitty crown on the top. So that suggests something that's interacting with the body, but much more uh, what do you, refined. And that's the level of soul that's called nevesh. And then now, and that's all you see. And that's in the Sefer Torah, that's all you see. You don't see anything else, but there's more. There's how you're gonna pronounce the letter. That's already a spiritual reality of the Ruach of the person, where you don't see that at all. But it's very much there. Through the level of Ruach, you're able to speak, express emotion, nobody can see it. But it's there. That's why Hashem did not put it in the Sefer Torah. And then finally, the melody, which is, it's not even words. It's just how you sing it, which is much more subtle. Okay, that represents the neshama, which is totally beyond the person's body completely. And that's how we have to understand it. That's what we said. Every Jew, 600,000 root souls, 600,000 letters of the Torah, Every Jew is connected to a letter of the Torah. And it's exactly what a Jew is. That's what a letter is. As we know, every Jew is a microcosm of the universe. That makes this, all this happen. Okay? Um, and also, the, the way you, the melody tune really makes understanding of the words. Because when you... When you um, here, run past me to Chumash. You know, so we'll just we'll just take any pasuk. We'll take this week's parsha. First pasuk. Vaidabir Moshe Rosheha Matos Livnei Yisrael Leimor. Now there's cancellation notes. Now I, now when I say Vaidabir, I've done everything, but I have omitted the cancellation notes. So I got this word Vaidabir, and I got this word Moshe, and I got these words L, etc. How do I know how to connect them? The notes tell us what the punctuation is and the tune. So now it's not Vaidabir Moshel Roshe Hamatos, Livne Israel Lemor. It's Vaidabir Moshel Roshe Hamatos, Livne Israel Lemor. Now, it could have been Vaidabir, and he spoke, or that's it. Yeah. And then Moshel Roshe Hamatos, Moshe to the heads of the tribes, you know. Or leave nay. I mean, you, yeah, you wouldn't know. Where, where you put the and a lot of times, you need the punctuation to tell us because it could very well be learnt in a different way, completely. 
So without the punctuation, you got a lot of words, but no sense is being made out of it. So that's the realm of neshama, which is the realm of thought. And it really gives deeper meaning to all that. And that's why, so what is it that we're particular about in the lading? Well, if you have a Sefer Torah, if the letter is damaged, it's possible. Because you don't have a goof. You don't have the crowns, it's possible. Okay, now... Um, what it, now when we're reading it, mm-hmm. so now you got the dots. The, now if you misread the dots, you should go back. But sometimes if no meaning changes at all, then you wouldn't have to go back, but you should go back. The trup, mm-hmm. okay, we're less particular only because it's going to be murder for certain people. Mm-hmm. But then again, at least you have to know where the middle of the Pusik is and where the end of the Pusik is. Because all of that has, has great impact on exactly how we pronounce and how the sense makes out of that. So the same thing, this is how Hashem reveals himself to us. That's how he revealed to us when he created the world through the speech, through all these different levels um, that are there. And therefore, when he created the world, there was, what was the beginning of the, of the ladder? Was the tune is the highest form of that, is the tune, and then the sound, and then the, the crown, and then the letter, and those are different layers, just like Hashem has different worlds, that, and that's how this all fits in over here. Okay, now, the, uh, so now we talked about, now that, so that was pretty much what we did yesterday, and a little bit new stuff. Now, if we go back to something we talked about, the idea of uh, energy being put into the universe, mm-hmm. and it happens through the light and the kli and the receptacle. Okay? So, when Hashem shines the light into the world, there also has to be a receptacle that keeps that energy flow there. And the light comes in, but it's got to be something that is able to handle the light and be illuminated through that. And uh, and since the world was created with ten utterances, so now we have to figure out where is the light and the kalim in terms of the utterances of the creation of the world. So the Rizal says that the division within speech is this division between the lights and the vessels as follows. So now we've got the four elements of a letter. So now let's see what's the kli and what's the light. So the letter, obviously, the shape of the letter, that is the kli. That is receiving the light. Okay. And the crowns on top of it, it's also part of the kli. It's also part of the receptacle. Now, the dots, that expresses the life of the letter because now it gives it some sound. And then you have even higher, as we said, the, 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 the notes that are there that show us what the true situation is. And obviously, that's the light that's coming into the letters. So just like Hashem is bringing light into the world, into us, so now when he created the world, he was shining the light into the letters, and they were the receptacles that create the world. So when we read the Parsha, the first parak of Bereshis. All these letters are these spiritual energies that are being created. And as Hashem says, you know, let there be a, a rakia, a firmament. 
So the letters rikia were the firmament, and the crown on top of it is part of the kli. But now the energy that is in there that the kli can hold that makes the firmament the firmament, the essential nature of the firmament is the dots and the musical note. That's the merging of the light into the kli in a way that it's, um, what do you call it, uh, equal. It's able to uh, handle it. So that ex- explains you how, so when you're reading all that, and the messages, what Hashem is sending, just like everything in this world, when Hashem sends us the light of understanding to have the clean to, uh, to accept it, it all fits into this. Okay, now, uh, so now he's going to go into each one of these um, four individually, so we appreciate them, uh, uh, but you can already begin to see that our level of understanding Torah is very little. Because we just use it to read it. And, and you know, what level do, can we ask questions? We have no idea. Well, we'll, we'll just let the, the author continue and tell us what that's all about. So let's start with the ta'amim, which is the musical notes. So we said that is the highest form of um, the revelation of the letters, where there is a tune that gives a true shape to the letters, and now they have... There's an understanding to them and how we can explain the letters um, based on the tune that's being projected. And uh, even um, even the tune, without even expressing the letters, has an understanding. You know? That's already saying something. You know, da 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 Now, if you were in uh, what do you call it, classical music, that's all you hear. People pay lots of money just to hear sounds. Now, ask them, what are you doing? Now, obviously, they're not stupid people. They're spending a lot of money. Okay, if you have words, you could say, wow, those are meaningful words, you know. But all this is sound. But, but what, what's the musician thinking? Yeah. Right? When you have, um, you know, what was that? Uh, what's that one called? The Battle Cry of the Republic. Boom! Boom! Now, there's something there. You want to call it a victorious tune? Emotion. Emotion, whatever it is, that really has a tremendous amount of uh, sophistication. Energy. Right? Energy. So why is it any less <laughs> when it's in the Torah? And we'll see how many different notes exist, but they're meant to project. Now, we are totally not sensitive to that at all. But really, it should be this, this, this tunes that we have, you know, it goes back thousands of years. Who created I don't know. the tunes? Hashem. So it was given to Moses. Hashem told Moses exactly Moshe. what it That's what the tunes should yeah. be. What this is. Now, of course, you know, it could vary yeah, with the linguistics, you know, but, but that is really, um, you know, how you say it. You know, you could have uh, notes on a music sheet, 
but still different voices will project it differently. Right, right, different There's different types of baritones. It's not only one baritone, is there? And, you know, everyone's going to say it a little bit different, you know. So therefore, let's say, he gives an example, let's say you see someone you haven't seen for a long time. And, uh, and, you, and you begin, so you begin to just hum a tune. You know, it's just, and that, that maybe was the source for the secular idea of making musicals. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. What, 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 what are we doing? I'm expressing my feelings. Now, it, and the footnote, I don't know if this, if he says it's true. He says that the researchers have, have determined that 64% of language between people depends on the way they say it. Okay, so let's say, for example, have a nice you, day. <laughs> yeah, you, you go, have a nice day. Have a nice day. Have a nice day? Now, I said three different things, didn't I? You know, you tell your ass, come on, your wife, dear, how was your day? <laughs> oh, thank you. What's for supper? Oh, boy, you're in trouble. Also, the body language. Oh, yeah, body language is true. That's true. But but clearly, you have to admit that more than anything, it's the tone of your voice, and that is the trump. So that therefore, the Torah, and that is, you know, just one one nuance. Like that word, great, can be said in how many different ways. If you don't pick up on that, yeah. you don't understand a thing they're saying. <laughs> Not a thing that they're saying. Very important for men to know this more than women. It's not what they say. It's how they're saying it. The body language is also, but more so, the tone. Right? And so that's what, uh, when we're trying to create a connection between the one who is speaking and the one who is listening, right? So therefore, there's got, this is the feeling that's behind it, okay? And therefore, you know, uh, therefore like a lot of this Smiros that we talk about, the way we sing, like you're gonna sing Smiros tonight. So if you're a Hasid, you'll sing Ka Ech Soif. That's not so popular with non-Hasidim. Ka Ech Soif is, uh, is God, I'm yearning for you. If you, uh, you go, if, if you go to YouTube, you just Google Ka Echsof, and you're going to hear a Hasidim singing. It's not going to hear a Litvak singing Ka Echsof. And Ka Echsof, if you look at the words, they're amazing words. It's like your mamish or you're pining for God. But when you read the words, it's one thing. But when they go, Ka Echsof, da 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 Oh, that, that, whoa! You could just feel the person is giving everything there. So that, that, but you can't put that down on paper. Right? So therefore, and this is the same thing when Hashem's 
giving that flow into the world. Hashem brings that flow in depending on how that note is. And therefore, where does this fit into our avoda? Okay, it all has to become practical at the end of the day. It's, not, it's interesting Kabbalistic information, but we have to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, the, uh, it's, let's say a person, he's eats some, he eats some food and he reflects that he is getting life energy from Hashem who's specifically giving it to him and there's a tremendous connection between the person and Hashem and the way that you want to hear the notes. Even though, in other words, even though the food doesn't talk, but you, you, it's like you're hearing God's music. It's a symphony from Hashem. Hashem's creating a symphony in your life. Do you hear the symphony? You know, because when there's, in other words, the classical music, so, so when you're reading in the Torah, really, really what's happening is there's a symphony with musicians in the Torah reading every Shabbos. You got, if you're sensitive to the tune and the words and all that, it's an incredible, but you have to know Hebrew. If you don't know Hebrew, it's, it's a big problem. But, uh, but, but so now you gotta hear the, the, the taste, just like the word uh, for the note is ta'am. Ta'am is a musical note. Ta'am means taste. Ta'am means reason. Three translations. Why is that? Because that's exactly what's happening. That's why when we talk about mitzvahs, mitzvahs have ta'amim. Ta'amim means reasons, but they also have taste. And it really is a musical note. So when you're engaged in any part of this world, you know, it should, lahavdol, my, my, what is it? The, the hills are alive with the song of music. They are. This Emma's, she didn't know what she's talking about. Rogers and Amherst, they, they, you're walking through the hills, they, they're alive with the sound of music. And you should be feeling that in everything that you're seeing in this world. And when you feel that, you say, wow, Hashem really loves me. It's not just you you see what's there. It's no this is the light. Remember, that's the light. You, you have the clee. So a lot of times we, we just look at the clee, we don't look at the light. You're, you're eating. Do you do you feel how much Hashem loves you when you're eating? Most people not. I just know I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry and a multitasking and you're probably looking at your tablet while you're eating mm-hmm. and all that, and you're just it's just disconnected from reality. And that's where we're saying, no, this, this is very important. And that's why all the secrets of the Torah, the deepest secrets, is the musical notes. When the Gemara goes through discussion of all the parts of a Sefer Torah, and the words, Vayavinu Bamikra, they really understood the text. The rabbis say, what's it talking about? It's talking about the musical notes. And therefore, just like we know, there are four layers of Torah understanding, which is called pardes. Pei, Reish, Dalet, Samach. Pei stands for pshat. The simple meaning of the text. The Reish is remes. The text is hinting to something. More. Then we have Dal is the drush, is the medrash. In other words, there's something altogether different than what the text said. A whole new thing. And then Samach is for so the secret behind it all. So just to have that, 
it parallels these four aspects of the letters. Okay? And therefore, when we're looking at um, the secret, the mystical secret, the soul, where is that going to be found? It's going to be found in the cantillation notes. Right? The pshat, the pshat is the letters. The remes, the hint, is the little crown. It's a little hint. And then the drush are the dots that make meaning and saying things that are beyond what the letters are saying. And then you've got the cantillation notes, which is the deepest secrets of that. And that secret uh, is something that's not uh, revealed. Okay? In other words, you can't really tell. You're just singing a note. So what's the note doing? Well, if you really understood, the same idea. You take a boor to the uh, to, for a concert. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what a B flat is, a C minor. I don't know any of that. Just hear a bunch of sounds and often I'll fall asleep. But you have to be an expert and now you understand what's being created with that. So those are the secrets that are beyond the universe over there. Yes? So Rabbi, in, in the same way that you just said, see some people I think have, have Hashem gave them a natural ability to appreciate music and, and, and others not so much, you know? So like, you know, you know like I, I have a certain musical Ability, Only right. because you practiced. Yeah. Probably yeah, not because you, you had a you, talent that you used. No, but you were given a talent. Of course you did. Yeah, but what if you never played? Which came first? Okay, but what I'm yeah. gonna, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My point is, don't you think also that Hashem gave certain people more of a spiritual ability yes. to appreciate, yes, for sure. appreciate these things you're sure. talking about but, than others? But it could be taught. Yes, it can be taught. Yeah. Yeah. You could take somebody, Tony. I'm sure if you had the time and someone else said at the time, a totally person who doesn't know any of it, you could teach it to him, and you could tell him what to be sensitive to. He may not know it as good as you, may not be as sensitive as you, but he's in the game. So the same thing, we need great leaders to teach this all to us. And that's why also, we'll just end with this, Rabbi Yitzhak Isaacover says, Hashem concealed the reasons for mitzvahs. The real mitzvah. Now, of course, they, there are contemporaries, or not, whatever, Sefer Chinuch will give you the human logical reason. But they always preface and say, but that's not the real reason. That's just to make us happy. But Hashem never revealed it, just a little, little bit, like a little light going through the lattice. And now that's the real pleasure that Sadiqim will get in Gan Eden. You wonder what's going to be the. They already know Torah. <laughs> they don't know Torah yet. They just know they're scratching the surface of God's Torah. All of a sudden, the music's going to turn on in Gan Eden, and all of a sudden, the, the real secrets come out that nobody knows about. Maybe Shlomo Melech. And that really is the sweetness of the reasons of the Torah and, and for the mitzvahs and all those things. That is something that is beyond, and the Yetzirah never got a hold of that at all. And there's all kinds of mystical allusions to this. So therefore, um, when you have the real understanding of the notes, there's tremendous, wondrous depths that are there. And therefore, when we get beyond the actions of mitzvahs, and a person really understands there's all kinds of tikkunim happening, 
When you're make, doing a mitzvah, you have no idea what's going on above. No idea what you're repairing, what you're fixing. It's all concealed from you. And, uh, and, and that is a tremendous thing. And that's all in those letters, in the, and especially in the musical notes. And, uh, okay, we'll have to stop it here. It's late. But we'll continue this topic. We have to get to the other three aspects. There's a lot to talk about. A lot more to appreciate in what a Sefer Torah is all about. 759. Yes.